Do you struggle with learning the rules of golf? Whether you've been playing for years or are brand new to the game, this is the podcast for you. Welcome back to the Golf Rules School podcast with Blakey and Marcella. I can't believe we've done this many podcasts. Can you? I do believe it. I could talk uh, to a fish underwater uh, about the rules of golf. So that would probably be within a penalty area, uh, being that it's in water. So uh, <laughs> I could definitely talk about the rules of golf for a while. Hopefully yeah. it's in a more basic and fundamental way and everyone is listening to this and walking away from it going, okay, I have a better understanding. And I'd actually be interested in learning a little bit more about the rules of golf. Yes, absolutely. This is that foundation and then you just build from there. So we're excited to share that. You can always attend one of my clinics. It's called a girlfriend's golf experience and they happen all over the country and sometimes abroad. Um, and so you can find me on girlfriendsguidetogolf.com. You can also find us at golfrulesschool.com and find Blakey at golf rules questions everywhere. And if you Google Marcella golf, you'll find me uh, probably Blakey golf too. You'd probably find you. We're just Googleable. Googleable is that? You know, <laughs> did you come up with that term? Yes, I did. Uh, so today we've got a lot to cover. So let's jump in. Let's actually. You want your GRQ question first? What's the question that we're going to learn today? Uh, yeah, the golf rules question of the episode is: Can you declare your ball lost? Can you declare it lost? Can you say, uh, "I don't want to find that ball." Uh, it is now lost. Listen to the podcast and you will find out the answer and we will confirm the answer at the end. Hopefully you get that one right. Yes. And that's a good one um, because a lot of people, there's a lot of content in today's podcast that people are going to question. Um, one actual rule that we're going to talk about, I teach this all the time in my clinics. It's a great thing for the ladies. And then they go home and they tell their husbands and they're like, no, you can't do that. <laughs> so the husbands are wrong. I'm right. But um, yeah, it's one of those, there's a few things in here today that you're going to go, really? Are they sure? So Blakey's uh, going to recite the rules numbers for everything that we're talking about today. So let's uh, talk about when we start the play of a hole. We are in the ting area. We make a stroke at our ball, an intentional stroke. We put it into play, but we might have the first tee jitters and maybe pull it left really badly. And now we think this ball might be out of bounds. What can we do and what should we do? Okay, so you've hit your ball and it's horrible. It's gone left, as Marcella said. If you think, because you're not going to know if you think, well, if you do know it's gone out of bounds, you can't play a provisional ball. So you just got to play stroke and distance and we'll get to that in a second. But if you think your ball has maybe gone out of bounds or it's lost outside a penalty area, now let's, let's delve into that and try and unpack what that means. If you know that it's lost in a penalty area or you know that it's gone into the penalty area, that is the same thing. Okay, whether it's lost or just in there, it's the same thing. And if you know that that's the only place it's gone, you're not allowed to play a provisional ball. So when can you play a provisional ball? When you think it could be out of bounds or when you think it could be lost outside the penalty area. So lost in the rough, 
that's outside the penalty area, lost in a tree, that's outside the penalty area, lost in sand in the desert, outside the penalty area. You get where I'm going with this? It's not allowed to go in the penalty area. But, but, if your ball could be in the penalty area or it could be lost outside the penalty area, then you can play a provisional ball because you've got that second one. You've got the lost outside the penalty area, maybe. So you've hit it left, as Marcelo said, and you think it could be out of bounds. You definitely can hit a provisional ball. You've got your different mark. We've talked about that. You've got your different mark on your ball, your identification mark for your provisional. You say, you've got to say the other players in your group that you want to play or you're going to play a provisional ball. We'll get to that in a second, too, about what happens if you don't, because we're getting to this whole stroke and distance thing. But yes, you must announce it's a provisional, and that's a must. And you should put a unique mark on it, because if you just say you hit one that you think it could be out of bounds, your original ball, and when you hit your provisional ball, you do the same darn thing. You pull it really far left again, and it ends up both of them end up inbounds, really close to the white stakes, but technically inbounds, sitting right next to each other. But they both are your, you know, Zexio 3 golf balls. They look exactly alike, and they both have your little blue dot. So you think, okay, well, which one was my original and which one was my provisional? So there's a little bit of an issue with that, and it's um, basically you've got to play one of them as your provisional you lose that stroke you have that penalty stroke anyway because you can't determine or identify which one was the original and which one was the provisional correct so you're playing your fourth shot your provisional ball so that is what your option is or how to play a provisional ball when you think it might be lost somewhere other than a penalty area on the course or it might be out of bounds. So you've done that. Great. Um, can we talk about lost ball for a second? Yeah, so lost ball. That is the only way a ball becomes lost is if you search for three minutes and you don't find it. That is when your ball becomes lost. You don't have to search for your golf ball. There might be times when you don't want to find it, so you don't have to search for it. And you've got three minutes in which to find your original ball. If your original and provisional are in the same area, you've got three minutes total to find both balls. Uh, but if you hit your original on the left and your provisional on the right, you've got three minutes for the left and three minutes for the one on the right as well. That's really good one to know. People don't know that. That's good. Although that is going to back up the T, so it's better that you just find the ball as quickly as possible. I'm sure you're trying. After the three minutes for the original ball has elapsed, then that ball is now no longer in play, even if found. So if it's three minutes and one second that you find the original ball, it's not the ball in play. It's a ball that is out of play. You can't then suddenly put it back into play. And as soon as that three minutes and one second hit, the provisional is the ball in play. Now, if you haven't found the provisional, you're going to have to take stroke and distance and go back to the teeing area. But if you have found the provisional, the provisional ball becomes the ball in play as soon as that three minutes and one second uh, ticks over. 
and we cannot abandon people think of abandoning their original ball we can't abandon the original ball but we can choose not to look and we can actually request that the other players not look they don't have to comply with your request but you could request that they not look because sometimes you hit your provisional ball you know 320 yards down the middle and you love it <laughs> and you think even if i found my original it's in such a horrible area or i think it's in this horrible area of thick rough for trees or whatever and you're like oh i'm gonna have to take options there for an unplayable ball and I would much rather have this perfect one. So you're not allowed to declare it abandoned. And uh, but you can ask them not to look. They may or may not. If someone finds it, and if it's you or part of your team, as I mentioned, not team, but partner, caddy, et cetera, it, within the three minutes, now we're off to the races and that's your original ball. We we abandon the provisional. That's the only abandoning that can happen, is that you must abandon your provisional because you found your original within the three minutes. Now, if you do find the original and it's inbounds, can't choose not to play it and then use the provisional, you can either play it as it lies or take an unplayable for your original ball. And one of the unplayable options is not to play the provisional ball, but one of the options is to take stroke and distance back to where you last played from. Yes, and so let's talk about stroke and distance for a minute. Stroke and distance is required if your ball goes out of bounds. It's required if your ball is lost, which again, as you said, hasn't been found within three minutes, right? But it's also an option that you can use, and this is the one where you can win a pair of shoes um, if you are betting someone or $20 because you can use 18.1 stroke and distance anywhere you want, anytime you want on the course. And so sometimes you're going to choose to take stroke and distance because it's the lesser of the evils. Stroke and distance means going back to the location of your previous shot and making a stroke from there. It's usually taking a drop in most circumstances. If you're on the tee, if your last shot was from the teeing area, you have the option to tee it up again. But when you do that stroke and distance, it costs you a one stroke penalty. And when you're doing it because it's better than the crap that you're laying in, which is a, could be a, you know, plugged ball in a bunker or really thick grass or the middle of a bush or whatever, this 18.1 is one of your options anywhere. So it's it's a it's an important rule and the ladies that I teach and the girlfriends golf experience love it. They take notes and they're very happy to have learned this because you're going to minimize. But I will say this, Blakey, when I post about this on TikTok or Instagram, the comments from the men, it's unbelievable. They get so mad at me and say I would never go stroke and distance because distance. That's going back to the location. I don't want to lose all that distance. If I have an unplayable ball that's in thick rough or some other bad situation that I just don't think I can hit, which many guys think they can hit anything. But anyway, um, so if they have that situation, they go, I'm never, I would never use stroke and distance. I never lose my distance. Well, you know what, if you stripe stuff 320 yards or whatever, okay, that is a long distance. I could delay play for you to go back stroke and distance voluntarily like that. 
However, if you don't hit it that far, or if it was a shorter shot or in a bad situation and you're a newer player, it makes sense and saves time for you to go ahead and take that stroke and distance. Just take a drop right where you are. Don't even go get it because you know how bad it is. You're not going to be able to hit it. You can substitute a ball, put another ball into play, go pick yours up when you guys are on your way hitting everybody else's shots. Not a problem. I highly recommend stroke and distance in certain scenarios. Yeah, and the whole idea of a provisional ball is basically that you're playing under stroke and distance provisionally if your ball has gone out of bounds or you've lost it. That's what the provisional ball is. You're playing it from where you last played from under the chance that your ball is either out of bounds or it's lost. Uh, but if it isn't, then you continue with the original one. If it is, the provisional ball becomes a, the ball in play. Funnily enough, and I talked about this on another episode, I did a video about putting your ball off the green and whether you put it just off the green into the rough or put it into the bunker, uh, you can take stroke and distance and place your ball back on the putting green for a one-stroke penalty, which could be the best option for you. Yes, Definitely. And so that's uh, an, an important distinction about unplayable balls. Take a peek in 18.1 and read all about them because you can even do it in a bunker. Um, and so that kind of brings us to this unplayable scenario, right? This unplayable ball. But let me just circle back for one second to um, that provisional. It is a may, you may hit a provisional right? And, but it's a good idea. I think you should hit a provisional when you think your ball could be lost somewhere other than a penalty area or in a, um, or out of bounds because you're saving time. You don't want to have to drive all the way back. So it's a good idea. If you have any possibility that that ball could be lost, you should really for pace hit that provisional, right? And make sure mark it differently. And so that you know, which one uh, what that ball is marked at. You can identify it. So unplayable ball. We used to call it unplayable lie. Now the ball, the book calls it unplayable ball. But that unplayable is your own discretion. This is a penalty relief situation. It's not free relief like we talked about last episode where you get relief because your ball has interference from a cart path, for example. It's penalty relief. You're going to pay for it. Okay. And mostly it's a one stroke penalty and you're going to pay for it because the situation you're in doesn't look very good according to your skill level or maybe status of your health at the moment. Sometimes if you, your back isn't working for you or there's other physical limitations that you have, something might not be playable for that reason too. And you choose not to put yourself in a risk of, of hurting something. Um, so an unplayable is your discretion, right? Nobody else has to agree. So the decision to take an unplayable is solely on the player by themselves. And you've got an option of an unplayable anywhere within the course, except in a penalty area. Now we'll get to penalty area in a sec. You do have similar options. They're slightly different and that's why they're not called unplayable ball options. But the unplayable ball, you get... Three options. One we've already covered, stroke and distance. That's going back to where you previously played from. The second one is called back on the line. Okay, so you from the flag through the position where the ball is, 
behind where the ball is, you make a straight line and you can drop on that line, anywhere back on that line behind the ball, and it's got to come to rest within a club length of that spot. It can roll closer to the hole, but it's got to come to rest within a club length of that spot after you've dropped the ball on the line, and that's going to cost you a one-shot penalty. And then the third option is called lateral relief, lateral relief. So you go to the side or behind you. Basically a half circle. The reference point is where the ball is and you drop within two club lengths of that reference point, the ball. So it's fairly big area, two club lengths, no nearer the hole, a half circle. Now you have to think about this before you take this drop because if it's on a little bit of a slope and you drop at the back of the slope and it rolls to back down towards where you thought it was unplayable and but stays within the relief area, then your ball is back in play and you're going to have to live with that. You either try and play as it lies or if you wish to take another unplayable, it's going to cost you another stroke penalty. So it's really important that you think about your options before you actually undertake getting your ball back and play through a drop. Yes. And so it's important to note here, this lateral, so this back on the line relief, lateral relief, stroke and distance, these three options for relief for an unplayable ball, those are going to very, be very similar when we get to penalty areas. You'll see this same concept and they're, they're almost identical. And this lateral relief, um, we talk about these two club lengths, no near the hole, um, it's important to know that you don't have to measure with the club. You see them measuring on the tour on television because there's, you know, a million, $2 million on the line. They want to be super clear, but even in your club championship, you don't have to measure, but I think it's a great idea to begin when you're newer measuring laying it out, putting little T's in the ground as this video shows so that you get used to what that club looks like laying on the ground and what a club length really is. And once you get used to it, you'll be able to eyeball a little bit more. And just if you are going to eyeball it, then do it Error on the conservative side, not the generous side. Don't give yourself more than two, or now you've got an issue for possibly a two-stroke penalty for playing from the wrong place, right? Spot on. Okay, so what we just described is basically relief for an unplayable ball or unplayable lie in the general area, okay? You don't get that option, as Blakey stated, in a penalty area. Now, you do get it in a bunker, but there's a little bit of a restriction on how you're going to apply these same rules. Can you talk about that? Yeah, so if you're using back on the line or lateral relief in a bunker then it has to stay, the drop has to stay within the bunker. The relief area must be in the bunker. So even if you're at the back of the bunker and it's only one club length to the back and the second club length will get you outside the bunker, you can't use that. You have to drop within the bunker and the ball has to come to rest within the bunker. And that's the for the one-shot penalty. But there is this added or extra option of another back on the line relief option outside the bunker. So dropping back on the line from that flag through the ball, back on the line outside the bunker for a two shot penalty. And that's in stroke play and match play. 
So for two shots, you can drop your ball back on the line outside the bunker, and then that may be a better option for you. Yes, and he's saying that's in stroke play and match play. Not to say that there's any difference in relief and penalty relief for an unplayable ball between stroke play and match play. There's no there's no difference or distinction. You don't have to learn different things. But the reason he's bringing it up is most often in match play, when there is a penalty, if it's a two-stroke penalty in stroke play, most often it's loss of hole in match play. And so he's just bringing it up to say, hey, if you do this in match play, it's also a two-stroke penalty. You're not going to, it's not going to be lots of hole. You're not going to lose the hole. It'll still cost you two to do that. Now, going stroke and distance from a bunker, which is again, taking a drop or taking relief at the location of your last shot where your previous place played was, that only cost you one, okay? So even in a bunker, it only cost you one. It's not the back on the line relief from a bunker. It's the stroke and distance location of your last shot. So important to know, and it is one of my favorites as well. And a good point about that, if you have a go, if you try and make a stroke at your ball in a bunker and it stays within the bunker, then your previous place played was in the bunker. So that one shot penalty is only going to get you staying in the bunker. And that's why one of the reasons I teach that to the ladies is that not to say it again, these are the comments that just go on and on in, um, in Instagram. Why would you teach the ladies to go stroke and distance from a bunker? Just teach them how to hit out of the bunker. Well, first of all, I'm not a swing coach. That's let's put that, make that clear. I'm not a coach. Second of all, if we don't have that skill yet to hit that fried egg, to hit that buried ball, downhill lie, whatever it is, minimize that damage. It's a good idea for pace of play to say, what what have I ever done before? Can I do this? Can I actually hit this shot? I don't, this isn't the time to find out. Let me take it out stroke and distance is such a bad lie. Let me take it out stroke and distance for one takes me a couple of seconds because I don't even have to go get it first. I can substitute it right here. I see it plugged. Let me just take my little drop and go on. It saves time. It saves your emotional state. Again, if you're a newer player, it's going to make you feel better and go, I mean, minimize the damage. And um, what's the word? Take my medicine. Go ahead with that one stroke penalty and move on rather than killing yourself, trying to keep whacking at it four or five shots later. And now you've just kind of demoralized your own sort of self-esteem and it's, that's not fun. So that's why I recommend it. Not to say that you shouldn't learn how to hit those trick shots. And by the way, there's a video showing of Blakey hitting an amazing bunker shot, um, but you should learn them. But if it's not in your bag yet, it's not in your bag yet. We're all here to have a good time and have a great pace of play. And we're going to talk about a whole episode on on pace of play and, and golf course etiquette and things that are super important. But yeah, that's a really, really great point, Blanky. So now we need to learn about penalty areas. There's two penalty areas. What differentiates the two penalty areas, Marcel? They can either be red or yellow, and they mean different things. And there's actually a red with a green tip option as well. But most often you're going to see red now after 2019. You see a lot of red, which is good because it gives you another option. Yeah. So with penalty areas, it's similar options to an unplayable ball, but the reference point is actually the point on the last edge crossed. 
you can play the ball as it lies. You can take a practice swing that touches the water or the grass that's in the penalty area. Make sure not to improve your conditions affecting the stroke, but you can actually take a practice swing. And that's important to note because before 2019, you weren't allowed to. You weren't allowed to touch the ground in the penalty area until you're actually making the stroke. So just want to clarify that you can now treat it the same as if you were in the general area. So you can play the ball as it lies, but what happens if you don't want to play the ball as it lies or if you lose your ball in the penalty area? The options are the same. You've always got that stroke and distance, which we've talked about. You can always go back to your previous place played or keeping the estimated point where the original ball last crossed into the penalty area from that spot where it last crossed, you can take back on the line relief, similar to what the unplayable ball was, from the flag through that estimated point where it last crossed, and then back on the line, not dropping in the same penalty area. You can drop anywhere else, but just not dropping in the same penalty area. And you drop it back on that line, and it can roll up to one club length and if it stayed within the one club length, even if it's rolled nearer the hole, then the ball was now back in play. So that's going to cost you one shot for the back on the line relief. The third option, and only for red penalty areas, is lateral relief. And it's very similar to the unplayable ball lateral relief. It's two club lengths in distance, no nearer the hole, from the estimated point where the original ball last crossed into the penalty area. If you found the ball, it's not where it's lying. It's not nearest point of complete relief. That's only for free relief options under that abnormal course condition. It's where it last crossed. So it could have crossed miles back, you know, a hundred yards back, closer to the tee, and then somehow been very close to the green on a par three. But you're dropping back. If you're taking that dropping option, you're dropping back where estimated to have last crossed the edge of the penalty area. Have I missed anything, Marcel? Uh, no, that was good and thorough. And I think adding to that is the fact that where that ball last crossed the edge of a penalty area is important for your relief options. Um, where the ball went out of bounds is important um, to try to find the ball or where the ball could have gone out of bounds or where the ball could be lost in a bush or a thick wooded area. So it just brings up the point that other players should be watching the ball flight. They want to be safe. They don't want to stand directly behind the player, but they should be watching that ball flight all the way until it lands so that they can help them find the ball. It speeds up pace of play. And it also helps to determine where we think it last crossed the edge of a penalty area. And as you said, you know, the water could drift it closer to the hole or it could just bounce. And sometimes that ball will go into a penalty area and it will hit a rock. And so it'll bounce in, it'll bounce out and it bounces somewhere else. But where it's last, where it last crossed the edge is significant. And we can't talk about it today, but there is some more to that 
crossing over, kind of making it over and then bouncing back. There's some issues with that in a yellow stake penalty area versus red. And you'll hear about all of that in our tournament format and competition strategy course, um, because those things are so important when you're playing in a tournament, understanding those and being able to make those decisions. Because if you end up taking making a wrong call there, as we said, you can end up with a disqualification um, if you're playing uh, from a wrong place or you don't complete a hole, things like that. So important to know those if you are someone who, who wants to compete. Yeah, correct. And just to answer your point about a red stake with a green tip, that means it's a no play zone and you're not allowed to play from it. So you must take penalty relief. Or if your ball is in the general area and you're just standing in the area that has the red stake and green tip, you must take free relief. So your ball's not in the penalty area, but you've got interference from that no play zone penalty area. You must take free relief away from it. That used to be called an environmentally sensitive area. It's now called a um, no play zone. And uh, it's definitely working, uh, worth looking up to. What's that rule number, Blakey? That rule number is 17.1E. Great. And you will see on the video for this podcast, the reference rule numbers for everything that we cover. Uh, gosh, that brings us to a close today. Let's answer the golf rules question of the week. So the simple golf rules question of the episode is, can you declare your ball lost? And the answer is no. Your ball becomes lost after you've searched for three minutes and you haven't found it. If you don't want to look for it, that's fine, but that doesn't mean it declares it lost. So if someone else finds it, uh, then it's still the ball in play. If you want to declare it unplayable, you can do so. But if you played a provisional ball and you find your original and you declare it unplayable, choosing to use the provisional ball is not an option that you can take. Awesome. Thanks guys for watching. We're happy you're here and we look forward to seeing you on the next episode of Golf Rules School. Yeah, you, <laughs> you said make it funny. <laughs> <laughs>